It's time for the car doctor on AM 950 WROL. Got a car question? Call us at 617-770-3030. That's 617-770-3030. Now, here's the car doctor, John Paul, on AM 950 WROL, the spirit of Boston. And good Saturday morning, everyone, and welcome to the another edition of the Car Doctor program on AM 950 WROL, the spirit of Boston, or... Sometimes on AM 1260 WBIX on Sunday nights, if you're listening then. And you can always uh, find us online on WROL Radio or iTunes, uh, old podcasts, or my podcast site, which is johnfpaul.podomatic.com. And uh, you can always join us at WROLradio.com. So all kinds of ways to find us. Uh, we have a great show planned for today. Uh, a little bit later in the program, we're going to be talking to Chip Magid. He is a attorney out of Washington, D.C., and he has some commentary about the Takata airbag recall. Well, there's about 40% of the cars on the road today that are going to be affected by these recalls, so I want to talk to him, see what he has to say. But right now with us on the phone is Tyler Williams. Tyler Williams just came out with a new book called I Have a Voice, but he's a, he's a true renaissance guy here. He's a country singer former child actor, author, motivational speaker, and the one of the reasons I wanted to talk to him, he's also a race car driver. Tyler, good morning, and welcome to the Car Doctor program here in Boston. Good morning. It's good to be with you. Well, thank you very much. Um, let's talk about your racing career a little bit before we get to your book. Let's do it. All right. So tell us tell us what you race and, and when you're doing it. Yeah, currently I'm racing a 360 Sprint car out in California for Corey Cruzman in the Lucas Oil Cannon Filters 360 Sprint car, and been out there all year running. Uh, we're, we're five races into the season. We've got this weekend off, so I'm here in Atlanta, and then next weekend I'll fly back out to sunny Southern California. We'll go racing and have a great weekend of action out on the track. So just really switched to dirt this year. So my background was in asphalt racing here in the southeast, in a late model and ran that for about five years all throughout college and then i took about nine years off mostly due to sponsorship and lack of and realizing that i didn't have to chase the nascar dream to still be involved in motorsports so we jumped back in with Corey out in southern california and he's got some great sponsors that have helped us get out on the track and, and we're having a good time and let's let's talk about that a little bit. Let's talk about you know racing's all racing's not just about you. It's about the team, right? Absolutely. So Corey Cruzman, he actually runs a school out in California where you can go out and total novice. No one, you never set foot in a race car ever. You can get out and set foot in a race car and take some laps and just see what it's like to be out on a track. You know, there, there's no throttle controls. There's no governors. You just get out there and. If you want to go slow, you want to go fast, it's up to you how well you handle the, the machine. And so just on a whim, three years ago, I went out to a school to have some fun. Like I said, I, I'd always watched dirt racing, but I'd never experienced it having grown up doing asphalt. So went out to the school, and I had so much fun. I said, hey, is there any way we can get out and actually do a race? And he actually had some programs available. And so we ran a race three years ago, just a one-off for fun. And I couldn't shake it. I always thought about that moment afterwards of how, you know, one, his team, they're such great people, uh, his, his lead instructor and, and trainer, 
Obi Conway has been a, a huge supporter of mine and uh, just helping me get up to speed and, and other team members being able to to get the best car out on the track. And so this year we, we went back full-time, and, and like I said, we're five races in, and uh, Corey and the Lucas Oil team has been you know really strong this year. Yeah, and, you know, one of the, one of the things that I – that people sometimes forget about racing. I mean, you're the driver, so certainly you're ultimately in control of the car. But really, I I like the teamwork aspect of it. That if you know if you're you know if you're difficult to deal with, your crew chief's difficult to deal with, and all of a sudden now you're not working as a team. All of a sudden that that really affects the outcome of how that race is going to turn out. Everything is communications. Whether you're in business in the corporate world or you're sitting at the racetrack all day long. You're diagnosing what the car is doing. You're trying to communicate. This is what I felt. This is what I saw, you know, from the crew standpoint. And so you're merging what they saw and what I experienced into and synthesizing that into now what can we do to make the car better? And so, yeah, if you don't have a good team, if you know, if I have an attitude problem or if they've got an attitude, then you're just not setting yourself up for success. And, and luckily, Corey's got such a great team uh, put together that we work really well. We communicate well. And most of all, it's just fun. You're racing at its roots. You know, we're, we're trying to win. We're trying to be the best team out there and put the car in victory lane. But at the end of the day, it, it still has to go back to being fun because of the, the time and the commitment required, the, the money spent. You know, if, if it's not fun anymore, then something's wrong. So um, teamwork is vital to the success. And that's, that's the one thing I learned when I first started racing. We went to the track with no experience racing stock cars. And I jumped straight into a late model. I didn't start in a legend car or a street stock or a sportsman. I just went straight to the to the top at the local division. And my crew and myself, we had no idea what we were doing. It was a bunch of my friends and, and some people I rounded up and thought they might like racing. And it took us a little while to get up to speed and really understand, you know, what does the car need? What do we need to do? What's the process? So working with a team uh, like Corey and, and the Cruiseman Motorsports team who – They've been doing this for you know longer than I've been around dirt for sure. You know, decades. Even mm. you know, Corey's careers. He's a multi-time uh, sprint car champion. He's won the Chili Bowl multiple times. One of the most prestigious races in motorsports. So he he's done it all, and he's passed his knowledge down to his team, and and they're bringing that knowledge to me, getting me up to speed on dirt. So it, it's been a lot of fun. Yeah, a couple months ago, I had Eddie Wood on from Wood Brothers Racing, and I said to him. You know, you're you're not the youngest guy in the world anymore. You've been around this a long time. And I said to him, is it still fun? And he said, he said when he gets a, a new young driver in like he has now and, and they put it all together just right and, you know, work with the right other teams, he said... Every day of it's fun," he said. He looks forward to looks forward to the race every day. So, yeah, it has to be fun. So, which you know, you talked about communications. You talk about you know working together, and then you came out with a book called "I Have a Voice." Who did you write that book for? I wrote the book for anybody that, whether they're fifteen or fifty five, they're sitting there going, "There's got to be more to life than what I'm seeing or experiencing." You know, for me. This book started at 27 years old when a relationship I was in ended. I thought I was going to marry this girl, and the relationship ended. A few other things happened, and I just sat there questioning, you know, who am I in this moment? How did I get here? And if it's ultimately not where I thought I'd be, what am I going to do to, to go in a new direction? And that caused me to go on a journey to, to rediscover my voice, both as a singer, you know, I sang as a kid, and then 
one incident caused me not to sing for 10 years in public. So it's recounting the story of how I literally found my singing voice again, but really it's about the deeper questions of life. You know, who am I? What am I here for? And how do I go do that? How do I go use my voice to make a difference in the world? And, and throughout that, telling my story with music and reawakening that journey, we talk about NASCAR. And so it's about that person and it's for that person who's just looking for that extra bit of life to you know, not walk around jumping up and down on the streets all day long, but just to feel passionate and awake to, to the world we live in and, and being excited about the possibilities. So you, you talk about that. You say, you know, sometimes there's going to be some, there's going to be some dead ends. There's going to be some places that are, you know, you're, it seems like you're up against a cliff and nowhere to go, but you need to, you need to find that, like you said, your voice, but that inner strength to be able to keep going, right? Absolutely. And for me, when I had that one bad performance as a, as a teenager, I didn't sing in public for 10 years. And then when I raced NASCAR, the dream was to become the next Jeff Gordon, right? And Everybody then, wants to. At 23 years old, we ran out of sponsorship, and we were ready to make the leap up. I just tested a NASCAR E-Series car at Hickory Motor Speedway, where it's the birthplace of NASCAR stars, and you know the path was lining up. We just didn't have the funding. And so when that dream ended, ended it was like, oh, man, like, what's going to happen here? Like, I don't have a plan B. And then the relationship ended in my late 20s. And so it's like you look at this pattern of, all these things going through and they're great and then all of a sudden they don't work out and what I realized is I was always focused on the final outcome so I was always looking for okay if I do this and I hit this level then things are going to be good anything less than that then you didn't really hit your goal or your objective and so you don't celebrate the small victories in between and that's where today I'm able to look at you know right now I'm racing sprint cars for one of the best car owners in the business and I'm having a time of my life. Well, that doesn't mean I've got to go chase the Sprint Cup dream to be a success, right? Mm. You know, I told a friend of mine two or three years ago, man, how cool would it be to get back into racing and to sing country music? And just, you know, a few weeks ago, she reminded me, hey, just so you know, you're doing it. You're a country music singing race car driver. And I was like, man, we all need those reminders that the small stuff counts and yeah, I'm, I'm not singing on the, the Grand Ole Opry stage, and I'm not racing the Daytona 500 today. But I'm out there doing it, and that's what I would implore for people out there who are just wondering, you know, what are they doing in life, or should they keep pressing in? It's you know, remember the small victories, and, and just those little successes along the way. Those are things to celebrate too. So to steal from the uh, steal from somebody and it could be the grateful dead so it's not it's not about the destination it is somewhat about the journey right it is and it's totally cliche when we say that everybody's heard that a million times but it is the journey it's the experiences that add up and and bring us to that moment where we're able to see man i can't believe that a year ago or three years ago or 10 years ago i was there and i'm here now and i wouldn't trade anything in the world that i've gone through because it's it makes me who i am and it's taken me to the places that I've, I'm able to go to today and add a new skill set and ultimately be a better version of myself, which that's all we can do is in a world of relationships, right? Yep. And uh, so, so if you're if you're if you're in your race car and it's two and it's two races, one you're pretty much out front the whole way, and you end up you know you end up podium finish, and the other one you had to fight and claw your way all the way to the top. Which which victory feels better? 
man, that's a tough one. If you if you just conquer the field and you dominate, you know that you just had the car that night. But there's something gratifying about you know starting mid pack or in the back of the pack, and you know especially on dirt, being able to go from lane one to five and choose what's working based on where the track is and making it work and getting around people. You know, asphalt tends to be that single line, maybe a groove and a half, mm. and turn in a lot of bump and run. So to be able to start mid-pack or in the back on a dirt track and, and fail to the front, uh, that's that would be a special feeling. So I think, you know, the, the challenge of, you know, not just dominating but actually really working the field would be more gratifying for sure. And I I deal with a lot of high school kids, especially high school automotive kids. And, you know, you, tr- you try to motivate them. And right now it's a good time in the economy. Kids getting out of high school that, that know how to, you know, know how to talk to customers and but also know how to fix a car. You know, they have jobs out there right now. All they have to do is basically go out and ask for them. But I try to tell them that, you know, this is this is that time. This is that time in their life where they need to think about, what they're doing right now because that's going to affect the, their future. And that sounds like what you did with both your racing career, your singing career, and now as an author and speaker. Yeah, my mission in life, no matter what I'm doing, is to activate the voices and ideas of people and organizations because at the end of the day, people are all that matter. And so helping bring significance back into the workplace, into the school systems, and especially for students, helping them understand that their significance matters and that when they're plugged into the work they're doing, they can make a tremendous difference in not only their own life, but the lives of others. But it is the decisions they do make today that will affect them five years and 10 years down the road. Now it doesn't mean they have to make the right decision every time because let's face it. I mean, in 10 years, so much can change. Maybe they don't even work in the same field anymore, but the decisions that are character based, value based, those are the ones that truly shape, the rest of their lives with the five people they spend most of their time with that's who you're going to become like so if you want to be around successful people excited happy people full of joy it doesn't mean you're going to be a millionaire but those are the people you want to spend your time with that can bring you more life more joy more passion you know find mentors in life that speak into what you're trying to do for automotive stuff especially the the landscape i mean think of talking to an eddie wood like you said he's going to talk about old school racing and remember the days and you know, carburetors were the thing, and, and now NASCAR's into fuel injection. So it's the wisdom of days past that we can still learn from and then move forward. And, you know, one of the things I'm seeing with young people is the the lack of understanding of how to really connect and communicate with people. And it's not because they're just not able to do it. It's just they're not trained yet. And so when I work with people especially, it's, hey, check out this book, you know, Dale Carnegie's How to Win Friends and Influence People or Emotional Intelligence 2.0. And, and go learn how to connect because if you want to be in the automotive business, you're going to have clients coming in talking to you all day. And if you can't communicate and connect with them and engage with them and help them understand and diagnose what their car is doing in a way that they understand, they might go to some guy down the street even though he costs more because he makes them feel good. Yeah, it's it's too bad sometimes that, you know, I see kids and, and they've lost their, their ability to interact and they're... They're just, uh, you know, sending texts to each other, and they're not having real, con- real emotional conversations face to face. And that's a huge issue. The challenge for us as leaders and people bringing them up is, just, some people write them off and just say, you know what, that's how they are. That's that's the culture. 
and they want to play the victim. When the truth is, people can change overnight if we pour into them and we speak truth and, and give them a road to follow and give them that path. So what I love is working with young people as well and, and helping give them, giving them the tools and resources to, to be successful and to challenge them because the human spirit is resilient and the mind is resilient. And when we invest in people, it's pretty amazing what changes we can see really quick just by a little bit of guidance and training. Yeah, it really it really makes sense. And it really makes sense to have, you know, to think about, you, you brought up, you know, touched on really two good points. And one of them was, you know, the kind of people that you, you know, that you associate it with. You know, if you associate with a band of nitwits, the best you can be is the best nitwit in the group, right? That's it. Yeah. And it's always a good idea to have that, you know, to be driven and be passionate, but also to have that kind of plan B just in case. Yeah, I mean, we all have big dreams and big goals, and I think it's important to, to think where do I want to go in three years, five years, ten years, and believe that you can go anywhere you want to go in that industry or that niche, that place you want to do business and establish a career. But at the same time, it's, you know, people are lacking self-awareness today. And so having the self-awareness to realize, okay, this is what I'm really good at. So this is my main focus. But I also realize I'm kind of good at this. I like doing that too. So maybe I spend my 40 hours or 50 hours a week doing this, but I might spend three to five hours a week cultivating and, and working in this area because I love it. Or maybe I read books on this area and that gives me the knowledge and wisdom that I need that should something come up, I'm able to navigate and make that switch. You know, the, the biggest thing I see is that people, they're afraid to go all in on, on plan A. And that's really what I'm passionate about is helping people realize that when you know what you really want and you gain extreme clarity on it, you're able to create a plan to work towards that goal. So because we're talking cars and, and automotive stuff and racing here, you know, if you want to be in the industry, you have to look at, well, what is it that I exactly want? Do I want to work in the auto shop? Do I want to work in management? Do I want to work in sales and marketing? You know, what side of the business do I want to be on? And then find out what it takes to get there. And well, maybe you don't know personally, so you got to ask people and you got to do interview people. And you know, people are willing to help you if you make the effort and you show genuine concern and interest in the industry. Well, I think you're. I think you're talking to Kelly, my producer, directly right now because she's going to school to get her master's degree in business, but she also works at the radio station twenty hours a week. So, you know, she's cultivating two skills at the same time. Absolutely, and in the world we live in, we can do that because. We're used to, you know, technology is given this ability to learn multiple things at one time with way more ease than we used to be. You used to, you had to go to school, you had to sit in class, or you had to go get hands-on training on the job. Well, now the speed of access of information, we can learn multiple things, we can be in class, and then we can have time to be more efficient through technology, and then get into other places and, and just hone skills that, you know, there's things that I do outside of racing or outside of music that I love. And they don't necessarily make me any money, but I love doing them. So I'm going to continue to do them because I enjoy them for the moment, right? Yeah. It's it's not it's not just about the money sometimes. You know, that that what you gain in wealth can have no monetary value. It's just what you feel about yourself when you're done with it. 
Absolutely. It's all about human growth and potential. And when we invest in ourselves, it's the greatest gift we can give. Yep. Well, we're going to be giving away a copy of your book, I Have a Voice. If people want to find out more information about you, Tyler Williams, and what you're up to and your music and your racing, where's the best place to go? You can always find information on my website, tylerwilliamslive.com. If you're on Facebook, I'm facebook.com slash tylerwilliamslive. If you're in the Instagram or Twitter, you can find me at twilliamslive. And I'm, I'm pretty much all over social media, so connect with us, let us know. What you're up to, if you're looking to find your voice, if you're looking to be challenged, if you love racing, country music, a little bit of everything, and we've got it all. So, Well, when I, when I took your book out of the envelope the other day, three uh, women in the office I work in wanted to know how to get a hold of you. Just saying. Go to my web. Go to my website. <laughs> yeah, and, but uh, I, I, think, I think one of one of them <laughs> said it, it seems as if you're her, her soulmate already. So, I, you know, if you if you hear from a crazy person from the Northeast, uh, you know, could be that. Yeah. I will take notice of that if, if any people from the Northeast pop up on my radar. You know, being from Atlanta, you know, yeah, we'll we'll be able to tell just by the accent, yeah. right? Yeah, I, I would I would think. Although she she wants to move to Atlanta too, so you know you you could be in trouble. So just yeah, so I'll keep my eyes and ears open. All right, hey Tyler, it was a pleasure. Uh, you know, uh, best of luck. When are we going to see you racing again? Like I said, we'll be out next weekend, May 14th, out in Southern California at Ventura Raceway in the Lucas Little Canyon Filters 360 Sprint Car. Sounds great. Good luck. Thanks so much. All right. Thank you. Bye-bye. That was Tyler Williams, uh, professional race car driver, motivational speaker, author, and coming up next, country music singer. Let's see. Let's see what he sounds like.
gonna take time to stop and listen this life is for living. I wanna sit on back and savor every moment. Cause it's gone before you know. Let's take it slow and take it all in. Just let it roll and take a long drowning in IRS debt and can't afford to pay, then you need to take advantage of special IRS tax programs that are available and free yourself from IRS collection efforts once and for all. Due to the financial hardship consumers are facing during the decline in the U.S. economy, the Internal Revenue Service has made it easier to settle delinquent tax problems. An open phone line has been established by Community Tax for consumers to call and see if they qualify. Take down this number or store it in your cell phone, but call the Community Tax Helpline at 800-429-363 If you owe back taxes to the IRS and cannot afford to pay them back, or even if you have years of unfiled tax returns, there's no need to fear anymore. But you have to call the Community Tax Helpline today at 800-429-3639 for the help that you need. Don't take on the IRS alone. They can attack your wages, savings, pension, home, and even your Social Security check. Call 800-429-3639 for your free consultation and to see if you qualify. That's 800-429-3639. Hi, I'm Kevin Chapman. You know, I make my living in Hollywood, but I choose to keep my money with the City of Boston Credit Union. As a member for over two decades, I put my family's trust in the City of Boston Credit Union with four full-service branches, including their latest in Canton. Check out the City of Boston Credit Union at cityofbostoncu.com and see how you, too, can become a member today. City of Boston Credit Union. Uniquely Boston. Federally insured by NCUA. Honda Cars of Boston is Greater Boston's neighborhood Honda dealer with over 800 new Hondas available to choose from. Just five minutes from Boston on Route 99 in Everett, our beautiful new showroom makes your Honda Cars of Boston experience even better. Visit online at hondacarsofboston.com and see all of our tremendous purchase, lease, finance, and certified pre-owned specials. Honda Cars of Boston on Route 99 in Everett is the place for great buys from the Honda guys. Give them a call at 1-800-65-HONDA. You're listening to The Car Doctor. Well, I left Kentucky back in 49 and went to Detroit working on assembly line. The first year they had me putting wheels on Cadillacs. Every day I'd watch them beauties roll by And sometimes I'd hang my head and cry Cause I always wanted me one that was long and black One day I devised myself a plan That should be the envy of most any man I'd sneak it out of there in the lunchbox And welcome back to the Car Doctor program on AM 950 WROL And AM 1260 WBIX if you're listening on Sunday nights Um, 
Well, unless you built your own car from parts from the assembly line, chances are there's probably a pretty good chance now that you may have a car with a Takata airbag in it that's going to be recalled. In fact, um, they just announced they're extending that recall. And right now, uh, you know, my poorly done math skills say that it's probably about 40% of the cars on the road have a Takata airbag in them that is going to be affected by the recall. And with us to try to explain a little bit more of it is uh, Chip Magid. He is a attorney from Washington, D.C., and I got a news release and said, hmm, this might be a good person to talk to about airbag recalls. Chip, good morning, and welcome to the Car Doctor program here in Boston. Good morning. It's nice to be with you. Well, let's, uh, you know, it's it, it, in my poorly done math skills, it sounds like about 40% of the cars on the road may be affected by this recall, huh? It's a big recall. Yeah. And one of the things that I always try to tell people when they look at this is, first off, find out if your car is one of them. And then kind of, you know, then, then it's sort of, now what? You know, okay, I have a car that is is going to be recalled. It has uh, an airbag in it that potentially could hurt or kill me. Uh, what do I do about it? Well, there, there are a couple things. I mean, you're absolutely right. The first thing to do is to see if your car is affected by the recall and, and which recall. Uh, the, the earlier recalls uh, dealt with uh, airbags that are deemed to be uh, uh risky now mm-hmm. the, this latest recall is really a prophylactic recall those are for the the new 35 to 40 million uh, uh cars that are affected by this uh this week's recall are are cars that have uh airbags that are not deemed to be a problem now but over time are expected to degrade and would become a problem so it's uh, NHTSA, the, the National Highway uh, Transportation Safety Administration, ha- has decided that because it has determined what, what the root problem is, it's going to start addressing it now and phase it in over several years. Because, as you can imagine, you can't just uh, bring 40 million cars into the shop and get it fixed uh, next week. Well, that's a, that's a real good point. And like you, like you said, you know, the, the second group of cars could be perfectly functioning, but in seven or eight or... 10 years, their airbag systems could degrade and become dangerous as well. That's exactly right. So what, what uh, NHTSA did is that it had some independent analyses of what was going on to cause these airbag inflators uh, to fail, uh, and then had its own expert take a look at the data and, and reach the conclusion that uh, humidity over time uh, was degrading the inflators, which is the, the part of the airbag that's causing the problem. And uh, so the, what NHTSA did was to divide, say, look, we can't do this all at once, so we're going to address uh, the airbags that are at highest risk, and that, that would affect cars that are in uh, parts of the country that have high temperatures most of the year and are humid much of the year. So you can imagine places like Florida are going to be in the first group that uh, uh, is recalled, but even there... Uh, NHTSA doesn't think that those airbags are going to be potentially unsafe uh, for six or nine years down the road. Mm. And then they've got another group of states that they're going to roll out where they think, well, you know, it's moderate temperature cycling and humidity. Those uh, airbags might fail 10 to 15 years down the road. And then the last group are the ones, uh, I'm not sure, but I imagine northern Minnesota and Alaska and places where you don't have a... Uh, higher temperatures and, and uh, as much humidity, 
uh, and or Arizona for the humidity factor. And, and those aren't going to fail for 15 or 20 mm. years. But they want to get at the problem now so that it's addressed. Yeah, and I've, uh, I've had a couple of calls this week. One person said to me, you know, I winter in Florida or I'm down in southern Florida. It's hot. It's humid pretty much. The entire time I'm there, and then I move to Cape Cod for the summertime, and they tell me that maybe they'll have the parts into the dealership by the fall. And he said, what am I supposed to do? And my kind of smart aleck answer was, don't run into anything. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good answer always. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, some of it, you know, the details of this uh, obviously uh, can be problematic in individual situations. Uh, but what's interesting here is about this latest recall is an effort, uh, and this is really unusual, to get on top of the problem before there's a problem. Yeah, it, well, that's that's interesting. I think uh, Mark Rosekind uh, at uh, NHTSA is one of those kind of guys. And, uh, you know, he, he seems to be, you know, from what I've seen so far, one of the most visible uh, administrators at NHTSA that I've ever seen, and this sounds like this sounds like something that came directly from him. But when you look at these, when you look at these big numbers, and you look at the amount of recalls that take place, you know, some people have called me up and said, "Well, can I have the airbag disconnected?" And I've said to them, "You know, look, you know, all, all the studies show that a combination of a seatbelt and the airbag has somewhere between an eighty-five and a ninety percent chance of uh, minimizing a fatal crash." And if you disconnect your airbag, you probably take 15 or 20 percent of that away. And so far, there's been, what, maybe 10 attributed deaths and, you know, 100 or more uh, injuries due to faulty airbag systems. And even those, they get a little questionable about it. So what's your thought on disconnecting an airbag system? Yeah, you don't want to do that. Yeah. No, you, you, know, that, that, you know, that's kind of period, end of paragraph. Your analysis is exactly right. I mean, airbags save lives. Uh, I don't think NHTSA is suggesting that. I don't think uh, anyone is suggesting that you disconnect the airbag. Uh, what you, what, uh, what drivers do want to do is check and see if their cars have one of the uh, uh, airbags that, that uh, are part of the earlier recall mm-hmm. and make sure that they get that fixed. So as, as a, a partner in your law firm, Dorsey and Whitney, you would say you would say to somebody, you know, from a from a strictly, you know, professional legal standpoint, you know, just just kind of wait and see and see what happens, right? Well, I would put a little different uh, cast on that. You know, obviously, if you have a car that's already subject or was subject mm-hmm. to a, a recall prior to this week, you're, you're going to want to follow the instructions. You're going to want to go on uh, safercar.gov on the. Uh, internet and, mm-hmm. and check and see if your car is affected, and, and you're going to want to get that taken care of as expeditiously as possible. NHTSA has announced this new recall. It hasn't been completely worked out, but uh, you know they're, they're talking about um, steps of recall that, that continue through the end of 2019. Mm. So do you do you think Takata is going to go out of business? <laughs> You know, I'm not an expert on on, on their uh, their business, but th- this has to uh, uh, have a huge impact on them, both financially and reputationally. Yeah, you would you would certainly think so. And and you look at all of this, and and you know, even if they're able to you know step up production and work with other vendors, I, this 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 recall could literally be five or ten years in the future before they're all done, right? Well, absolutely. Uh, you know, 
we're, we're looking at, uh, you know, if everything works right, this all being done, uh, you know, as of January 1st, 2020. Uh, so it's going to take a while. Yeah. And I think that, you know, the other thing you had mentioned earlier, which was a great point, that Mark Rosekind uh, has been very visible and out in front of this. Uh, and, and NHTSA is also, as you know, under tremendous pressure from Congress to show that it is not too cozy with the uh, auto industry uh, and that it is uh, acting responsibly. And I know that uh, uh, Senators Markey and Blumenthal have, have uh, really been pushing for that. And, and I think you see the uh, the agency responding. and. Mm. Uh, uh, not sitting back to let things uh, take their course, but to uh, get out and get in front of the problem. Yeah, I mean, it, it really, it really does, you know, look like look like that's the way to go. So, your advice to somebody who owns a car affected by the recall, first off, I guess, and anybody should go to safercar.gov and put in their vehicle identification number and see if there's any recalls, not just airbag recalls, but see if there's any recalls, and then go and get them done, because, what is it, the statistically less than half of the recalls actually get completed. People just kind of ignore it and keep on going on, right? Yeah, I, I, I don't know how many uh, folks actually ignore it, but uh, uh, your advice is, is wise. Uh, look at safercar.gov, put in the VIN, uh, see what you need to have done with your car, and it's a great thing to, to go back to that site uh, periodically and, and check, not just for airbags, but for anything else. Yep. And don't drive down the street just staring at the airbag. You're sure to run into something. <laughs> yeah, that's good advice as well. Before before we let you go, uh, any comment on the uh, on Dieselgate with Volkswagen? Well, you know the interesting thing. These are obviously very uh, different scenarios. Mm -hmm. But uh, what I think the the big takeaway is when you look at uh, what's going on with Volkswagen, and you look at the ignition switch issue that General Motors had. Uh, you look at uh, the Takata airbag issue, uh, you know, manufacturers, and this is not limited strictly to auto manufacturers, but uh, I, I think uh, the regulators now have uh, a mandate from Congress to be much tougher on industry and to uh, expect that, that potential issues are reported early uh, and that, that uh, they're not going to wait for manufacturers to, to determine whether... Uh, a trend exists or whether they can figure out the root cause. Uh, in a number of these issues, uh, it, it took a while to, for the manufacturers to figure out what was going on, and they were looking for certainty in terms of what was going on. Uh, I think now the, the regulators are asking for earlier reporting. They're demanding that. Uh, you see it not only in the auto world, but also in consumer products. Uh, so I think these issues are, are putting a lot of pressure on the regulators to uh, to step up, be more active, to ask more questions, and I, I think uh, for industry, uh, you know, there's a new sheriff in town, and so uh, industry needs to be uh, much better at spotting issues, looking for potential defects, doing a failure analysis, and uh, working more closely with regulators to make sure that uh, problems are picked up early. Yeah, I I absolutely agree. So uh, so when one of my uh bosses came to work the other day and just took his Audi convertible out of storage and then said, yeah, I just took my, my convertible out of storage. I found out it's going to be recalled. And he, and he said to me, what should I do? And he called his Audi dealer who didn't give him much advice and he called Audi directly. They didn't give him much advice. And again, my answer to him was uh, don't run into anything. Uh, but, uh, but, the, but the real answer is, um, you know, if, if you're in the recall, follow on the instructions, wait for the notice and go get it done as soon as it's available. Absolutely. Yep.
No, it makes sense. Chip, thanks for taking some time out of your Saturday morning and joining us up here in Boston. It's been a pleasure. Thanks so much. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. That was Chip Madgett. He is a partner with the international law firm of Dorsey & Whitney, who works out of the Washington, D.C. office. Uh, he helps his clients reduce some liabilities, so he seems to know about this stuff. Why don't we, before we do trivia, we'll do trivia because we have two trivia prizes to give away. We'll give away uh, Tyler Williams' book, I Have a Voice. And we also, well, we have three prizes to give away. Well, Kelly's looking at me like, if she had a gun, she'd shoot me. But you have a choice. How's that? You have a choice of prizes. You have Tyler Williams' book. You have 200-mile-an-hour wax from our buddy Jay Davidson. And you have Cubon. The super, uh, super, super glue that we gave away three samples of that last week. I think we have a couple left. Actually, four if I count our neighbor. Yeah, so. But we'll be doing that in just a bit. And now our phone lines are wide open at 617-770-3030. 617-770-3030. I want to talk about the car that got me around a little bit this week. And that is the 2016 Chevrolet Cruze. And this, this new Cruze surprised me how good a car it was. I haven't driven a Cruze in several years. And I don't even know if I... I think I drove one sh- before. And then I drove a Cobalt, which was awful. Um, but uh, this new one... Uh, uh, it really competes with the latest versions of cars like the Toyota Corolla, Honda Civic, and Volkswagen Jetta, and it comes in several trim levels. The base, uh, L, right through the high-volume LS and LT models, which will probably be the most popular ones, I would think. And then the uh, top-of-the-line Premier version, which I road-tested. The Premier trim level means this cruise has luxury car appointments such as and I was, I was surprised. Chevrolet Cruze, and again, I kind of go back to the Chevrolet Cobalt, which was sort of less than spectacular. And a basic car, but this premium top-of-the-line Cruze had both heated seats and a heated steering wheel. So pretty impressive. Keyless start with remote starting features. 4G LTE Wi-Fi hotspot, automatic climate control, and even a 110-volt outlet. The cabin of the cruise is comfortable and uses uh, nice quality materials throughout. Uh, dash and door panels and all the other common surfaces where there was once hard plastic. This is kind of a nicely textured sort of padded kind of look. The front seats uh, so far have been comfortable, at least for 90 minutes or so of driving back and forth to work. We seem pretty good. I don't know how they'd be after three or four hours. But for 90 minutes or so, they were pretty good. The controls are all pretty straightforward and simple to use. Uh, Pretty good knobs and switches and buttons and things, that which I which I like. Uh, the rear scene is also pretty good. Even a pair of six-footers could probably uh, sit back there, as long as they, maybe as long as there wasn't six-footers in the front, but maybe they could. The interior space of the cruise uh, feels more midsize, uh, similar to like a Nissan Altima. So not quite the Civic or Jetta, a little bit more roomier than that. Our cruise was powered by just one engine. There's only as opposed to having three engines in a car, I suppose. But uh, there's only one engine choice. It's a 1.4-liter turbocharged engine that's connected to a six-speed automatic transmission driving the front wheels. This is a little engine that could. It delivers decent performance with 155 horsepower on tap, and it feels almost sporty. I wouldn't call it sporty, but it feels almost sporty. But very good fuel economy. The EPA rates the mileage at 30 in the city, 40 on the highway. I've been averaging just around 35 or 36 and i noticed on the ride home last night 
now, which was almost all highway driving, it was just 40. It was 40 and a half or something, which is pretty impressive. Um, handling is tight and predictable. While the cruise is no sports sedan, it rides well and handles confidently, as well as being smooth and quiet. I have uh, recently driven some true luxury cars, and although not in that class at all, the cruise strikes a nice balance between uh, just a decent sedan and good handling. The premier trim level also gets a more sophisticated rear suspension setup. So it, it actually handles a little bit better because instead of having a torsion beam, it uses uh, something a little bit different. So that helps a little bit as well. This latest cruise is also lighter and stiffer than previous models, which explains the better handling and overall better performance. The bottom line, this cruise uh, finally competes with and even best some of the best uh, compact sedans on the market. There's a new style. And it is. It's an attractive style. And it has a high-tech engine, well-designed transmission. Big for a smart pick for compact car shoppers. AAA Car Doctor facts. Well, it can seat five. Mm. Five really good friends. Four better. Uh, it runs on regular fuel, even though it's a turbo. Uh, fuel mileage, 30 city, 40 highway, 35 in my test drive. Uh, crash test, not yet. We don't know. Uh, shop it against the Hyundai Elantra, Ford Focus, Honda Civic, Toyota Corolla. And yes, it has an actual spare tire. 617-770-3030. 617-770-3030. Let's talk to Rick. Rick. Hey there. Hey there. Unusual well, uh, to hear you in, in real words. Well. And not be translated. <laughs> this is uh, the reason, one of the reasons why I called today is to say that I'm retired. Wow. <laughs> so what's that like? Uh, I, I, t- I tell you, this is my first week, and it's, it's, yeah, I'm, I'm still trying to make the adjustments. <laughs> you you know, I, I've talked to, I've, I've been talking to everybody I can talk to about retiring. And, like, I, I was talking to somebody just the other day. He's 67, and he says he's going to work till the end of the year and retire. I was talking to somebody else who says uh, 61, they're about done. Uh, there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of viewpoints on retiring and I have no idea what they are. Uh, you know, I have no idea where I'm going to be. Uh, but, uh, you know, so I, I always joke with people. I said, is retirement truly like, uh, you know, every night is Friday night and every day is Saturday morning. Well, um, I've, as I say, I'm still, uh, this is my first week. Yep. Uh, I'm, I'm still making the metal adjustments and that's like, it's a, uh, I look at the back of the bedroom door, and I don't have my uniform up there anymore. It's actually open, <laughs> and um, so, and I'm a 67 year old who's been working other than going to college and that you know, yep. basically uh, for the last 48 years, and so uh, I'm gonna. Yeah, I'll look for a, a part-time job this time indoors. <laughs> yeah, good good idea. Yeah, yeah. And that because I've seen too many guys retire and retire, but retirement is a very personal thing, and it you know it all depends on you and you know what you your mental mental physical situation in that. You know. mm. Physically, I, I had to retire. You know, the job is becoming too frustrating, and so you know I made sure that I hit the proper retirement age and then that's it <laughs> yeah but uh, uh on the other hand my wife retired early to babysit for my nephew's two kids and she claims that's the best job she's ever had well uh my wife is uh considering something like that too yeah <laughs> and uh, and um it's but there's also a you know, um 
and I'll be very politically incorrect, there's a gender difference in, in those areas. <laughs> she would find, my wife would find babysitting, you know, my daughter's kids much more enjoyable than I would. Yeah, I, I, I could probably agree with you there. So what's your, what can we do for you today other than congratulate you on your retirement? Well, um, did you find out how much it costs uh, about the highway? You know, it's like trying to, uh, I, I didn't, it's, it's like trying to ask somebody, uh, you know, it seems like, well, how much, how much time do you want to sign? How much, it seems like it goes anywhere from like $200 to $2 million. It, it's, I, you know, when I was looking it up online, now I didn't call anybody and actually asked. I just tried looking it up online real quickly uh, on Monday or Tuesday and I got, I got really weird answers. It, it almost seems like, well, how much do you want to spend? <laughs> yeah, that, that that's that's true with advertising. Yeah, yeah. So, so I I didn't I I didn't get a real answer. It almost it almost sounded like it might be as low as a couple hundred bucks a month. Yeah, yeah. So, but, um, here's here's a here's a suggestion for you for a uh, car show that uh, might be interesting. Okay. Um, now I'm old enough to remember watching Walt Disney. Sunday nights on TV. And every once in a while, he would have a show talking about the future and sometimes be talking about transportation. Maybe um, talking with somebody from Disney on what Walt, Disney, well, what Walt predicted back in the early 60s, uh, how much of it has come true. That's, a, that's an interesting idea. Yeah. It'll, it'll yeah. take a little setting up in that, but uh, that might be might make a very interesting show. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's uh, it sounds it sounds like it it sounds like it might. It it's one of those uh, it's one of those things because you know you look at all the you know all the things in the you know that you know we should be in flying cars now, right? Well, <laughs> they have them, but uh, there's, there's problems. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. The ones we have, you're right. Not not doing too good. And it's funny. There's actually there's actually a, a website called adoptahighway.net. And you go under pricing, and it's like, well, get a quote. So, so this wasn't the place I went last last time, but it is uh, again. It seems it seems a little varied on, you know, how much certain things cost and so forth. But uh, yeah, it, I don't know. Is that what you're gonna? Is that what you're gonna do with your retirement? You're gonna uh, you're gonna go uh, you're gonna go adopt a highway sign and and tell drivers to uh, watch out for motorcycles. Well, actually, no, I was actually talking with my pastor uh, Wednesday, and uh, he wants me to help out um, you know, doing some of the Bible studies and then cover for him when he's, at least uh, one, one week, uh, cover for him when he's uh, out of town. Oh, so, look at that. So yeah. you're going you're gonna to be, you're gonna be the, the typical retired guy. You're going to be busier now than you were when you were working. Well, I, I don't know about that, but I do need to get back to sharpening my wife's knife. There you go. All right, go do that. Okay. All right. Done. Thanks, Rick. Bye-bye. Let's go over to line two. Let's talk to George. George. Yes, thank you for taking my call. I got a little break from work, so I, I have a question to ask you. Okay, go ahead. My wife has a 2008 Toyota Highlander. Yeah. It, it has 109,000 miles. All right. Now it ships smooth and, you know, everything's perfect on it. Yeah. The only thing is, let's say you get to a real steep hill. Mm-hmm. And then you go to take off. It's... It, Slightly moved backwards, like if you had a standard car with a clutch, and I was wondering if that was normal. Yeah, that's pretty normal. 
That's pretty normal. Okay. Most, most of the time, you know, what happens is the cars are really designed to come down to such a low idle that it's not even really enough to keep the torque converter starting to drive the drive the engines, I mean, drive the transmission. So having a little bit of slippage like that is is perfectly normal. And, that's, uh, and by not having that constant pressure on the transmission also helps improve the fuel economy when it's, uh, when it's sitting there idling. So perfectly normal. Okay, so that's what it is. Yeah, yep. like I said, it's only when you come to like a real, you know, let's, let's say you're at a stop sign and it's like a real steep hill. Yep. No, you're just you're just overcoming. You know the the connection between the engine and transmission is done through the torque converter. The torque converter is essentially just a fluid drive. It's two veins that sort of sp spin in opposite directions. And what happens is until that starts to turn to the point where it actually turns the input shaft of the transmission, you're going to get some slippage, and that's perfectly normal. Okay. And the second question is: uh, it says in the manual to use five W thirty. Yep. Oil. Now, I also saw on um, certain, you know, Toyota websites, you know, that people have message boards, that Toyota now is an update saying to use 0W20. What would you do if it was your vehicle? Um, I would I would stay with I would stay with what the manufacturer recommends, which I think is the five W thirty or or maybe uh, I think in some of those models they said five W twenty. The zero okay. the zero weight oil is more to do with fuel economy than it is to do with engine performance. So um, okay. yeah, using that lighter weight oil and some in some cars some cars specifically use it in some requirement. Uh, my wife's Volkswagen, for instance, I think is a zero zero W twenty engine oil and again that has more to do with you know they're they're trying to meet that highest fuel economy standard you know my old hyundai uses 5w20 um so again not you know i i would use i would use what the manufacturer calls for and the manufacturer still calls for 5w30 in that car okay thank you so okay. much for your time all right take care bye-bye thanks for calling bye. 617-770-3030 617-770-3030 let's go to paul on line three paul Hey, good morning, John. How you doing? Good. How are you? I'm very good. I got a question for you about uh, 2016 Dodge Charger. Okay. Um, I was in Florida. I had a rental a couple of weeks ago. Uh, I haven't owned a Chrysler product since 1975. I had a, actually had a uh, small fleet at that time with uh, five uh, five Plymouth. At that time, the front ends were terrible. Um, so I you know, went away from them after that. But... Uh, this Dodge Charger, I really, really liked. I liked it a lot. Um, I wonder if you, you've driven one, if you've evaluated one, if you have any comments on um, on the on the Charger at all. Because I'm thinking in the fall about maybe switching uh, away from my current Ford product and uh, going off with Dodge. Well, it's funny, uh, you know, the biggest, I, I think the biggest experience with the Charger comes from the police departments. You know, a lot of the police departments have switched to Chargers uh, as the, you know, their car of choice. You know, what I like about the Charger, too, is you can get an all-wheel drive. So, you know, if you're worried about winter weather here in New England, the Charger does a really good job of that. Um, you know, and it has a lot of engines, a lot of engine choices that the uh, the V6 engine provides, you know, good performance. I, I you know, I think it's, uh, you know, you can, um, you know, you can get the 370 horsepower V8 in it, the Hemi V8. And you can also, you know, you can also get a Hellcat version of it if you want 700 horsepower. But uh, but I think overall, you're right. Uh, you know, the, the Chryslers of old, 
Uh, and it's funny, a couple of years ago, I was kind of clearing out my toolbox and said, what am I ever going to do with Chrysler ball joint sockets? It's not like I'm ever going to, it's not like I'm ever going to use them at home. But I think I did so many Chrysler ball joints, I ended up buying my own set of sockets for them. Because, so I didn't have to, so I didn't have to go try to see where the ones were that belonged to the shop. So, you know, you're right. The original Chrysler front ends were, were not the best. I've, I've heard no problems with the new ones. Okay, I, cause I know I looked at Consumer Reports and they only rated them at a sixty-one. Yeah, okay, that's pretty low. Yeah, it you know, and that's probably that's probably about how they rate the entire Chrysler lineup. You know, I think if you looked at most of the Chrysler products, they're probably somewhere in there. Um, but you know, on the other hand, you know, I I, I seem to remember the uh, you know something like the Fiats were rated like twenty-five. So, so I guess so. I guess you're like two and a half times better than a Fiat quality. Uh, not sure that really. Gets yeah, yeah, probably, probably, probably not. But, uh, but it is, it is a, um, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a, I think middle of the road quality car. But I, I think as far as ride handling, performance, it's a nice car. And like I said, with the all wheel drive, I drove, uh, I drove an all wheel drive. Uh, back in two years ago, during you know the the winter from hell we had, and it was it it handled it handled everything that New England threw at it for the week that I had it. So it was a, it was a good car. Yeah, I did the car I had was two wheel drive. At, at the I, I was impressed with the electronics, the U uh, Connect system, and, and it was pretty good, uh, pretty reliable. Uh, but it, uh, the one downside of it, which you know, I, if I bought my own, I would. Fixed right away is that uh, didn't have a backup camera, which I actually start, you know, started to get pretty dependent on. Yeah. Yeah, you know, backup cameras. It's it's funny. I'm driving my old Hyundai today because I have to. I needed to go get three fence posts, and they sort of fit in the back. But I had a parallel park this morning, and I'm like, oh, I kind of miss that backup camera. Yeah. No, I I think that's that's something that I would never have wanted. Came in the car I'm driving, and uh, um, I I would never get another car without it. Yeah, I you know my my feeling my feeling right now is uh, I think I think so far they've been pretty good cars they've been holding together this new eight speed transmission that uh, Chrysler has come out with you know the first versions of them were a little bit on the shaky side but now they seem to have them all dialed in and they seem to be working pretty well. Okay, so probably not a bad investment. I don't I don't I don't think so, but you know go out and buy it and then uh, you know four years from now call me up and tell me I was I was either right or wrong. Okay. Okay. Uh, and uh, well, the last thing I want to leave you with, I did make a comment on a call up last week about uh, the aftermarket warranties. Yep. And uh, my uh, fleet manager one time told me, never buy a car with anymore without a warranty that's going to exceed the time that you anticipate having the car. Mm. Um, I bought one on every car since 1993. Every car, the warranties have paid for itself, including a car that I just bought last year, which was a used car. I put an aftermarket warranty on it. The engine sees a thousand thirty-eight miles into the uh, into the car in uh, forty-five days, or uh, fifteen days past the warranty. Mm. Uh, the warranty company, who I anticipated trouble with, paid for the engine and eighty percent of the labor. So uh, I, I I would probably yeah recommend them. No, no. In fact, uh, the the company that uh, that uh, the, that we were talking about last week, I double checked at work. 
Uh, it's uh, one of the companies is Mercury. I think the other is Route 66 or something like that that we have now. And uh, I talked to the, the warranty administrator at work, and he said, oh, they're both good. They're both successful. They're both, doing, they're both doing well. You just can't get a warranty on a 10-year-old car anymore. So uh, it's just too old at that point. But, no, those war- the warranties are around. Again, I've always been one of those people that kind of looks at warranties the same way I look at life insurance. And life insurance, usually, I'm never going to get the never going to get to enjoy the money so uh yeah. but you know warranty's kind of the same way but uh, i've but this this week uh once we let you go this week i'll tell you the story of how maybe i should have got that warranty <laughs> all right paul thanks for calling hi happy vacation you too bye-bye now well a couple things first off this saturday is back up 10 years ago on this saturday was my first Saturday here at Salem Radio. Uh, this was uh, this was uh, my last. The Saturday previous would have been my last Saturday at uh, WJDA and WESX. We were uh, 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 Jay Jay Asher and his sister uh, sold the station, and uh, it was it was actually it was the folks here at Salem Radio. I left that Saturday and started. Started the next Saturday here. I didn't even get a Saturday off in between. Although I do remember being here. And at the end of the show, I walked over to Captain Fishbones, which was at, we were in the other building across the street. And I sat outside and enjoyed a beautiful sunny morning and actually had a Bloody Mary and said, what a nice day. And today is not at all like that when you look out the window. But uh, thank you to uh, Pat Ryan and the folks here at Salem Radio for keeping me around for these 10 years. We originally started on 1150. Uh, and uh, and then uh, that station decided, decided to be better suited to being a Spanish broadcaster. And that's done really well. And um, they moved me over here uh, for 9 to 10, just before Paul Sullivan and the Irish Hit Parade. And then... Uh, Santos uh, said, hey, you want to come in a half hour early and go from 8.30 to 9, 8.30 to 10? And I said, sure, why not? So uh, thanks to everybody. Uh, we, should, we, should, we should have had a big party. And, you know, unfortunately, Marita wasn't here. She's, uh, I think she was heading to New Jersey for a wedding or something. So, so she wasn't here. So we'll, we'll bring, you know, we'll bring the champagne and the cake for next week maybe. But, but thank you to everybody. And how about trivia? And the trivia question comes from I don't know where. I wrote it down on a post-it note at work, so I don't remember where I got this from. So what is, and I can't even tell you who I can reference this to and say you're right or wrong, other than we have to go with the idea that wherever I got this from is right. So what was the first American car, so first American car equipped with four-wheel hydraulic brakes? And the same rules apply if you've won lately, you can't win again. There's no time frame, but if you've won lately, you can't, you can't win again. First American car equipped with four-wheel hydraulic brakes. You don't have to give me the year, just give me what kind of car it is or what brand of car it is. So first American car equipped with four-wheel hydraulic brakes, give us a call at 617-770-3030, 617-770-3030. And you have a choice of Kyla Williams' book. I have a voice. Cubon. Magic Superglue. Which is, which everybody, which everybody says is a phenomenal product. 
and uh, everybody who's tried it says it works really well. And it's just it's looks like super glue. You and it, but it comes with how they made it a little bit smarter. They took super glue and they either ground up plastic or ground up looks like aluminum, and you blend it with the super glue so it builds that extra strength and makes it so it works and it seems to work pretty well. It's sticking on your fingers and your fingers stick together permanently, maybe, but. <laughs> Um, and, and a bottle of 200 mile an hour wax. So, or a bottle of 200 mile an hour wax. So, 200 mile an hour wax, Cubon, or Tyler Williams's book. So, if you need a little bit of motivation in your life, Tyler Williams's book can help you with that. And it is a, um, it is a not for sale copy. So, and it's a, it's a lovely paperback. It is. So, you get, you get a choice of any one of those. So, the first American car equipped with four wheel hydraulic brakes. If you know the answer to that, give us a call at 617-770-3030, 617-770-3030, and you can, uh, you, can, you can win one of those three terrific prizes. So I said, you know, maybe I should have bought that extended warranty. Well, my own car, my own poor little old Hyundai, which is uh, nine, probably going on ten years old at this point, back in... November maybe I went to get something out of the hatch and the hatch didn't close all the way and it left the dome lights on over the weekend and I went to go start it and the battery was dead so I jump started the car started right up looked at the battery got my battery tester out once it was charged and it said battery marginal replace battery so um, I live near a Walmart so I went over to Walmart, got their top-of-the-line battery, which is made by the East Penn Battery Company. It's a, it's a good battery. It's actually made by the same battery company that makes the AAA batteries. And people will say, why didn't you call AAA and have them come out and do it? Because I just didn't want to bother them. They're busy. And, and I get an employee discount if I ordered one of our batteries. So it's not like anybody makes any money. It's just so I said, you know what, I'll just go do it and it'll be easier. Of course, it wasn't easy because the battery hold-down clamp was broken, was rusted, and it broke. So I had to drill some holes. Whatever, but got it all, got it all taken care of. Put the new battery in. And then about a month and a half later, the uh, battery light came on. The alternator quit working. So my brother-in-law works up the street from a little garage, and he does some work after work. So I said to him, "You want to put a battery? You want to put an alternator in this?" And he said, yeah, yeah, okay. Well, the instructions say remove two bolts, remove wiring, replace, remove alternator. It also says it takes two and a half hours. So it's not, it is two bolts, but you have to jack the engine up. So I drove, I got home around 6.30. The car's still on the lift. I zipped in, gave him a hand, putting it all back together. Put it all back together, tightened everything all up, started it up. And the alternator never had a good sound to it. It always sounded like it was. It always sounded like the diodes inside of it, the rectifier inside of it, something inside of it was buzzing electronically. Had this sort of sound, like and and he said to me, "Oh no, it's just charging up the battery." And I'm like, "I don't think so." Well, and then sometime after that, the starter went. So, should I have gotten the extended warranty? Maybe, but you know, up until this, it was my labor and my labor and his labor wasn't spending a lot of money on labor. Well, this past Tuesday, the um, we uh, 
I got a phone call at work. My wife had the car. She said, your car won't start. <laughs> so I said, well, and she was like, the batteries in this is new, right? And I said, yeah, pretty much, you know. So she went to try to start it. And as it turned out, our nephew was around. So he came over, tried to jumpstart it. As soon as he jumpstarted it, took the cables off, died right back out again. So the alternator obviously wasn't charging. So... I said, you know what? I don't have time. I'm going to be at a meeting till like 9 o'clock at night. So we called AAA. George's service from Brockton did a great job. The guy came out. He was really nice and polite. I think he was there in half an hour. Uh, real nice, nice guy. George's service in Brockton has been there forever. Dave Brass is the owner. Been there forever. Uh, just, a, just good, good people. And towed it to Sullivan Tire in Abington, so not far from our house where they, as the car was being dropped off, the car and my wife, uh, I actually talked to the driver and said, hey, if you're going back to your shop, can you drop my wife off on the way home? And he said, oh, yeah, no problem. And as they were moving the car around, uh, the folks at Sullivan Tire, Mike, the manager, said, oh, don't worry about it. We have our van outside warming up. It's ready to bring your wife home. So I said, oh, okay, even better. So that's good. So, um... Dropped the car off. They uh, called me up the next day and said, yeah, I just want to let you know what's going on. Uh, it looks like just a loose connection on the alternator, but it's not. It seems to be overcharging. And the other issue is the battery's not taking a charge either. So I said to him, you know what? That alternator never sounded good from day one. And maybe it was overcharging the entire time. Because I never checked it afterwards to see if it was okay. And... and um, I knew it wasn't undercharging, so the battery was junk, so I said, you know what, I just don't have time. I don't have time to deal with warranties. I don't have time. I said, just put a battery in it and put an alternator in it. Sullivan Tire did a great job. They got it all together. Um, they, they sent their courtesy car to go pick up my wife, got back. Everything's good, so thanks to the crew over at Sullivan Tire in Abington. Thanks to George's Towing. Thanks to my AAA membership <laughs> for getting it all done. So our trivia question was, the first American car with four-wheel hydraulic brakes. Is that in order? Let's try Brian first. Brian. Good morning, Paul. John Paul. Good morning. So what do you think? Was it a Duesenberg? It was a Duesenberg. You are absolutely right. But stay right there. Let's see if let's see if Sarah knows. Hang on. Don't go away. All right. Let's, Sarah, what do you think? I don't know. Oh, Sarah? Sarah, yeah? Yeah? I'm what do you going to say Ford. Oh, you would have been wrong then. Uh, but, I'm, I'm pretty obvious, yeah. Yeah, but good try, though. Thank you very much. All right, thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right, back to Brian. Yes, John. Uh, so, Duesenberg, how'd you know that? I remember those old cars way back when. Really? And, uh, yeah, that, it was to go to those car shows. Matter of fact, there's one coming up in um, the classic car shows, the classic cruise night shows. Uh, they have one in Atoll starting and every year. It's, it's in mid mid now mid mid May. Yeah, and because I was going to say, yeah, I was going to say, you said you remember you remember those cars, but you know it was actually 1922. So I, you didn't sound you didn't sound that old. <laughs> I didn't sound that old. <laughs> but, I like that one. But but all, all different all different cars at this uh, classic car cruise night. 
No, there's some there's some great cruise nights. There's some great shows. Whether it's you go over to the Raynham Dog Track where they have the shows in the summertime now. You go over okay. to uh, you go over to the uh, um, Bass Pro Shops down there in Foxborough, uh, where there's so many cars that show up. You could spend two days looking at them. There's some great cruise nights, and and some of the nice little small ones too. That you know at the A and W Root Beer, and you know there's a, there's a bunch of those around. So yeah, this one here they have it uh, runs runs uh, from uh, May to mid September. Yeah, and uh, Market Basket there up in uh, Tower Road and off Route Two A there in yeah, in Athol Mass. Yeah, they have it. They have a lot of old cars there as well, too, you know? No, there's a lot of, a lot of people with old cars out there that uh, want to show them off. So what can I interest you in? Cubon, 200-mile-an-hour wax, or Tyler Williams' book? I run that by me again. So your, your, your prizes are yeah. a bottle of 200-mile-an-hour wax. Okay. A, a, uh, a uh, Cubon uh, super, super, super glue. Okay. Or uh, the motivational speaker slash NASCAR driver slash country singer Tyler Williams's book. Uh, let me try that that uh, super glue. Super glue stuff. All right, Cubon, yeah. good product. Yes. All right, yes. so John, stay right. Also, can I t- ask you one more? Oh, thing? absolutely. Did you ever hear this product called Linux? Uh, Linux. It's if you have like a scratch on your car. I guess that unless it's real deep that it cuts the clear coat. Yeah. This will cover it right away. In other words, it'll it'll make the uh, scratch disappear. I guess without buffing. Um, I haven't heard of that, but you know what? I think I have. Do you have a little scratch like that? You want to try to cover up? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I think I might have. I think I might have something for you. Really? Yep. So we'll put okay. that. We'll put that in with the coupon. Also, okay, John. There's one more thing. All right. What do, you, what, do you, what do you? What do you? What do you? What do you want? Like a trip around the world? Did you ever hear about that trip to Alaska? <laughs> I don't have one of those. Yeah. Sorry. There's the electric cars, the, the federal tax credits. They're giving you anywhere from uh, $2,500 to like $7,500. $7,500. You're gonna, if you went out and bought a, uh, a Volkswagen Golf, uh, e-Golf, you'll get $7,500. It's all based on the size of the battery. So right. depending on right. how big the battery is, is depending on how big the credit is. So right. if you went out and bought a uh, electric car, and it's only going to be around for so long, like this, like you know this new uh, Tesla that they're coming out with. You know the thing about that is it's as good a car as it's going to be. They've sold so many of them. There's going to be no federal tax credits. Yeah, they're going to disappear. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. My father always used to say, "Let them, let them the first year, and then let them iron the bugs out of it." That yeah, that's not easy. such a bad idea. No, yeah. I guess that's old school. Yeah, yeah, it is a little bit, but, you know, one of the things about that that actually we don't worry about quite as much anymore, a lot of the cars that are sold here in the United States have a uh, similar cousin sold other places in the world. So you might buy a, you know, so you may buy a, a, I don't know, a Toyota RAV4 that's brand new, a brand new model, but... That same model is being sold in Japan with maybe a diesel engine in it. So they've worked out a lot of the bugs ahead of time, you know, in a, in, in a lot of cases with just some other engineering. So sometimes it all works out. But, yeah, I'm not as worried about the first year first year as much as I used to be, although what's kind of happens sometimes with the first-year car is the second year ends up having more stuff in it for the same money. So sometimes you'll get things like the backup camera you might have not gotten the first year or better airbag systems or, you know, four-wheel disc brakes instead of disc and drums. So sometimes you get some benefits when it rolls out the second year. So, But, yeah, absolutely. So stay right, stay right there and... Uh, and Kelly will get your address down, and we'll send you out uh, uh, a scratch pen and some Cubond. All right.
right. Thank you very much. All right. Sir. All right. Stay right take there. All right. And why don't we also, do you want to take a break, too? Why don't we take a break, too? My name's John Paul. This is the Car Doctor Program. You're listening on AM 950 WROL on Salem, Boston Media. If you're drowning in IRS debt and can't afford to pay, then you need to take advantage of special IRS tax programs that are available and free yourself from IRS collection efforts once and for all. Due to the financial hardship consumers are facing during the decline in the U.S. economy, the Internal Revenue Service has made it easier to settle delinquent tax problems. An open phone line has been established by Community Tax for consumers to call and see if they qualify. Take down this number or store it in your cell phone, but call the Community Tax Helpline at 800 429 if you owe back taxes to the IRS and cannot afford to pay them back, or even if you have years of unfiled tax returns, there's no need to fear anymore. But you have to call the Community Tax Helpline today at 800-429-3639 for the help that you need. Don't take on the IRS alone. They can attack your wages, savings, pension, home, and even your Social Security check. Call 800-429-3639 for your free consultation and to see if you qualify. That's 800-429-3639. Living in and around Boston is expensive, but that shouldn't stop you from calling it home. City of Boston Credit Union is here to help with low-rate mortgages, home equity loans, first-time buyer programs, and more. And because they're member-owned, they treat each member like they want to be treated, like people, not credit scores. City of Boston Credit Union, uniquely Boston. For today's rates, visit cityofbostoncu.com or call 617-635-4545. Equal housing lender, all loans subject to credit approval. NMLS number 403. Honda Cars of Boston is Greater Boston's neighborhood Honda dealer with over 800 new Hondas available to choose from. Just five minutes from Boston on Route 99 in Everett, our beautiful new showroom makes your Honda Cars of Boston experience even better. Visit online at hondacarsofboston.com and see all of our tremendous purchase, lease, finance, and certified pre-owned specials. Honda Cars of Boston on Route 99 in Everett is the place for great buys from the Honda guys. Give them a call at 1-800-65-HONDA. AM 950 WROL Boston, home of the Irish Hit Parade, Saturdays 10 a.m. to 7 p.m. In the service of Salem Media Group. Now, let's get back to the car doctor. Welcome back to the Car Doctor Program on AM 950 WROL, the spirit of Boston. Well, see, I've told stories. I've talked about my anniversary. I've talked about my car repair. We've given trivia prizes away. I think we've had a pretty good day so far today. Let's talk to John. John, is that you? Yes, it certainly is, sir. How are you? Not bad, and yourself? Yeah, how are you, how are you holding up these days? Uh, well, uh, for an old man, I'm not doing too bad. For you know, for an old man, but uh, as as I recall, you you never really took retirement seriously, did you? Well, I don't even know what it is. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I'm like you. I'm going right to the end. <laughs> as long as you're having a good time, right? Not bad. Yeah. 
since you were talking about car shows, I figure it's time to start pushing mine. I think I think it is. <laughs> I think I, I got. I think I read your brochure last week, but I always like it when you tell us about okay, it. Well, it's Sunday, July tenth, at the end of Carter State in Dedham. And you're, you're holding a parking space for me, right? <laughs> the same one we've held with, for years with yeah. the grass growing up. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> so, uh, so um, let's go. Let's go over the. Let's go over the basics first. Opens to the public about what time of day? Uh, about seven o'clock. We've got a line waiting to get in. Yeah, and runs pretty much through the day, right? Yeah, and we give out awards at three o'clock, and that's pretty prompt. That's not just an indication. We really start doing that. Yeah, and. Uh, and for people who want to show their car, how do they how do they do that, and how much does it cost? Well, it's uh, fifteen dollars if you pre-register, and you contact www.bsaac.com, and that's how you find out all the information about how to enter. And you're always best pre-entering because you don't have to wait in line, and it's five dollars cheaper than the day of the show. And if you're somebody who has a car and you like looking at other cars, all of a sudden you have a place to park. Uh, yes, that's yeah. pretty much what you buy in yeah. a parking place. <laughs> yeah, and and uh, you know, speaking of which, if you're not, if you're just going as an attendee, uh, you guys have a deal right down the street, less than half a mile away. But also a shuttle bus that runs pretty regularly back and forth to the show, right? I think I should hire you to be a uh, a uh, manager of. Uh pushing the show here. Yeah. <laughs> but we have a food court, and we have ice cream, a flea market, we have Cruz and Bruce Palmer for a DJ, and there's always something going on. Yeah, and uh, and, and Cruz and Bruce is a Rhode Island guy, Yeah, uh, and been around for a long time, and I remember my last birthday, he posted on my Facebook page, and he said to me, isn't it time for a time of belt change at your age? <laughs> Which... That's that's great. <laughs> which I thought, which I thought was pretty clever. So, uh, and again, the date of the show is July tenth. Tenth, and if you want more information about it, you go to www.bsaac.com. Com. Perfect. Perfect. And uh, and you guys always do a you you guys always do a great show up there. It's a great collection of cars, and pretty much you span everything. Right up until uh, what mid seventies, maybe? Uh, yeah, just yeah. about. Actually, uh, it's, it, now you're pushing me. I think it's about eighty two or eighty three. Oh, okay. But you don't yep. get too many of those. It's not yep. awful, not an awful lot collectible then. Yeah, and you uh, and you do and you do pretty well with the brass era cars, as I recall. Not so. bad. Yeah, we have first, second, and third, and twenty twenty nine classes. If you've got a decent car, it's worth a try. It's worth a tr it's worth a try, and it's always a good time. And what I like to say, if you're thinking about getting into the old car hobby, and you're thinking about buying, I don't know, if, you know, I, I you know, you, I always wanted a sixty four to sixty six. T-Bird convertible. Uh -huh. Chances oh, are you're going nice. to go there, you're going to see five of them, and you can talk to the people that own them and say, what should I be looking for and what should I stay away from? Oh, plus we have a 200-car car corral about, and there's lots of them for sale, yep. expensive, cheap, and in between. Yeah, actually, uh, an old co-worker of mine from WJDA brought his, what was it? It was a, might have been like a Chrysler Cordoba or some something, and he brought it up there and he put it in the car corral and sold it that day. 
well, it shows you you got yeah. a chance. And, and, you know, and I was like, and I said to him, I, I don't know how you're going to do. This isn't really the right market. And he said, well, it's a little bit collectible in its own way because it was kind of an oddball and it was a later version. So uh, he, he did pretty well with it. So I, I he, think that's one of Chrysler's uh, highest production cars, and they're still very popular. Yeah. You can find one that hasn't melted. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, a lot of the Chryslers uh, came came <laughs> came with rust right from the factory. So. <laughs> yeah. Hey, John, always a pleasure, and, and don't be shy about calling in, you know, as the show starts to come up so we can continue to promote it for you. Well, thank you very much, John. All right, take care. Okay, bye. Bye-bye. Let's uh, go over to David. David. Yes, good morning. Good morning. Uh, how are you? Good. Uh, question for you, quick question. You know, everybody talks about some of these problems on the cars that they've had recalls and everything. Specifically, what is the uh, mode of a problem with these Takata ba- airbags? What causes the problem? They talk about humidity and heat. Yeah, it's the it's the uh, propellant that they use, which is um, the same one that they use down there in that bombing. I think. Yeah, pretty. Yeah, same same idea. Only you know it. it the fertilizer deal. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And uh, what happens is uh, moisture causes the propellant to do something to the plastic housing that holds the airbag in place. So instead of when the airbag deploys yes. with that explosion and gets held in held in place, yes, it the plastic housing disintegrates. Uh, so it throws not just the airbag comes free from its yeah, from it's its uh, mooring, but also the part of it that's supposed to hold it in place shatters and those pieces of plastic fly around the inside of the car. And projectiles from that. Yeah, that exactly. So, that's, so that's a major um, part of the injury. Yeah, so it's, it's interesting that the second recalls that they're they're coming up with, which was another I don't know, thirty million or forty million cars or whatever whatever the heck it was. Yeah. Um you know, these are cars that they're saying, well there's nothing really wrong with them, but it there could be something wrong with them because it uses the same technology same manufacturer, but it might take 10 years down the road before that same problem happens. So, you know, you live here, you live here in New England where it's hot and humid for a couple months of the year. Chances are you probably don't have any real problem. But like the guy I talked to during the week who said, look, I have a, uh, I have a Honda Pilot, I think it was, and I live in Florida for seven months out of the year, and I live on the Cape for seven months out of the year. Every place I go is hot and humid. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's both ends of it. Yeah. yeah. So Honda, Honda actually, and I don't know how they're able to do this, and I guess it tells you how much money they have. Um, Honda, if you moan and groan enough with your Honda, what they'll do is they'll put you in an Enterprise Rent-A-Car. Is that right? Yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah. Uh, my question is: Does the Enterprise Rent a Car have the same airbag oh, issue as? Right. Yeah. You know, if they you know, and it, it's kind of funny. It's like every Volkswagen has been recalled except mine, for some reason. Yeah. And uh, and uh, you look at who's using Takata airbags. Everybody from you know Mercedes Benz to uh, you know to Toyota and Honda use them, and including some of the domestic manufacturers. So you know, there's. They're they're out there, so you know the best advice is that website safercar.gov. Yeah, um, and and it's it's Check actually it really slick now. What happens is you can put the vehicle identification number in, and it doesn't just tell you whether your car has been recalled. It also tells you whether your car has been recalled and the recall has been fixed. 
So it actually knows your car at this point. So yeah. I can put in my car and it'll say there was seven different recalls and each one of them have been completed. So it's yeah. actually kind of a handy thing, even if you were thinking about buying a used car, just to see if it was yeah. recalled and the recalls were fixed. So it's got a history on the vehicle. Yeah, actual on vehicle the actual vehicle yeah. rather yeah. than before it used to say something like, you know, oh, it's this car and it's between this VIN number and this VIN number. Now it actually knows the VIN number and knows whether it was fixed. Yeah. Pretty slick system. Very good. Okay, take care, David. Yep, Mike. Have a good weekend. You as well. Bye-bye. Take care. There's Paul Sullivan over there working on his doctorate on his iPhone. No, I wasn't. I was looking at the time to make sure you... I wasn't, I wasn't encroaching into the Irish hit parade? Yeah. So, this is a Want special... Want to see my world clock? No. No, okay. <laughs> I want to see the, the U.S. Deal, by the way, with the guy in the white van out there. Yeah. Took two spots. I couldn't get in. Oh, uh, well. The good thing is there's plenty of spots. Yeah. Yeah. All right. What were you going to say? I was going to say this is a special uh, weekend for the Irish Hit Parade because it's Mother's Day weekend. There's nothing more important than an Irish mother. That's what, that's what, that's what I've learned in the past 10 years that I've been here. Mm-hmm. There's about 400 different songs. I was going through them. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll I... Play, I well, let's see, 16 times uh, 3. Yeah. What's 16 times 3? 32. Oh, 16, 16 times 5 would be five 45. 5 billion songs will play between now and 1 o'clock. See, I have, to do it, I have to do it in math skills that I can do in my head. So I have to do 3 times 15, which, yeah, would, be, which would be 45, and then add 3, so 48. So. You know what, though? You always say, what a smart guy I am. And then I hear you talking about things like diodes and um, some of the other vocabulary <laughs> you're throwing out today. It was great. I don't know that. Well... I know some. I know some. I stuff. know Jim Diode. You know, guy <laughs> went to high school. That's it. That's it. Yeah, yeah. I don't know any of that yeah, stuff. Yeah, well, you know, I don't know. So don't sell yourself short. That's my uh, admonition to you today. Oh, uh, okay. All so, right. yeah, I, I was. I was just saying earlier. This is my tenth year anniversary. I know. Today, clap, clap, clap. Yeah. So uh, you know, we're across, a piker, we were though. Across, I got thirty-five. In. Yeah, yeah. We were yeah. across the street, and I was in a closet. And I used to see you come in and go into the big ROL studio mm-hmm. overlooking the ocean. Mm-hmm. And I was so jealous. Mm-hmm. I was like, look at him. He's got the ocean view. Mm-hmm. I'm in a closet. Now, now we're in con- construction heaven yeah, over here. Yeah. Me and Len Wedderberg, we were in the closet together. <laughs> <laughs> Lenny's still here. I love Lenny. Yeah, he's great. Yep. So, Irish Hit Parade this weekend. What about it? I don't know. You get. I told you, I'm going to play every mother's song. Every mother, uh, everyone there is. So you know, it used to be hard. We used to have to scuttle back into the back office to find all the yeah. seat, not the seat. Yeah. Well, before yeah. that, the vinyl albums yeah. and try to find mother's song. Now you just press the word, the keyword "mother" into yeah. the computer, and you can get just about anything you want. There you go. Yep. All right. All right. So I for shouldn't the, give that away. That's inside radio. That I really worked hard. Secrets. Pat, Secret stuff. Yeah. Carol. Yeah. Santos. Yeah. Don't. Yeah. Yeah. All yeah. those people. Yeah. All right. Hey, I have to leave. Kelly. I. Have, Marita. Kelly did a phenomenal job today did filling great. in for Marita. Thank you, Kelly. You did I'm listening great. on the way, and I can't tell any difference. Yeah. Great. Yeah, Kelly, and Kelly. Then, no offense to Marita. I love yeah. You know yeah. I love yeah. her. But yeah. Kelly, Kelly does a great job. She I, sure does. You know, when I, saw, when I saw Kelly here this morning earlier, I was happy because I knew, I knew she always takes care of me. And Where's the piano guy? The piano guy. The piano guy oh. that says it's time to go. Is oh, he, oh is yeah. Is he taking the day off? Yeah, you can, you can play our closing Yeah, where's music. the piano okay. man? Yeah. Yeah, it's time. It's time. It's okay. There we go. Q Kelly. There we go. There she is. Isn't she good on the piano? She's, she's very good on the piano. Yeah. yeah. What do they call them? The 88s? 81s? I don't I know. Key, 88s. 88s. Yeah. You're absolutely right. She's really hey, good. We got to go. Enough of this goofing around because the very best in Irish music is coming up with Paul Sullivan and the Irish Hit Parade. Until next week, make sure you wear your seatbelt, drive safely, and be good to your car, and happy Mother's Day. Bye-bye, everyone.
If you're drowning in IRS debt and can't afford to pay, then you need to take advantage of special